Hello, wonderful people. Thank you for joining me on this journey of stepping up to your potential. I'm Sandra Robinson, and I'm a student of self-discovery, freely using pretty much any tool which yields results. I believe that we are the divine exploring itself. And to me, this means I need to take my opportunity to serve that mission to the best of my ability by learning how to use and express as much of my potential as I can. I invite you to learn with me and work on expressing the amazing you that is already inside. Hello again. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. This was not an easy one to hammer through because every episode that I do, I actually go through all of my own inner work and make sure that what I'm writing is up to date. So that usually also dredges up a lot of fun things that I have to work through. So every episode is a little slow to come to you and a little on the short side, but it's all actively working. So today's episode, self-sabotage isn't. Self-sabotage is something I am extremely familiar with and something I battle with greater and lesser success seemingly daily. If you've ever had issues with this destructive pattern, I'm sharing what I've learned on how to uncover the root causes and then share some ideas on what to do once all of that is known. To start with, think about a time when you realized that you had sabotaged conscious desire. I'll give you a second to bring to mind an example. Got it? All right. So as we go through this episode, try applying the concepts to your example and see which ones apply and why. Before we go too deep into this episode, be sure to review both of the episodes on identity, which are identity, our greatest asset, and identity, our biggest liability. Both of the ideas that were introduced in those episodes are going to be brought forth in this episode a little bit more. And so going back and reviewing those two might help flesh out this concept just a little bit more fully for you. What is self-sabotage? I learned over the trials and tribulations of building emotional intelligence that my subconscious self always seeks to protect me. Let me repeat that here. Our core self, the subconscious mind, always seeks to protect itself. Always. Every action is about protection of this core self in some form or other, even if that protection actually harms the body, mind, or conscious self. Self Self-sabotage, then, is a protection mechanism enacted by the subconscious mind seemingly against conscious intention. Now, that's a cool idea in general, but in the aftermath of watching hard work crumble because of self-sabotage, it's a hard one to actually believe. While struggling to really accept that my actions were some form of protection, which I was failing to recognize, I started to ask myself, what am I trying to protect by preventing this sought-after goal from happening? Notice first and foremost, I did not ask why, I asked what. If you don't remember that episode, it's another good one. Asking what actually inspires an answer without judgment, especially when considering internal motivations. Asking myself why I do something is more often an invitation to abuse myself, and that solves nothing. Stop with the why and start with the what if you're really serious about this journey towards expressing your true potential. So back to the question, what am I trying to protect? I think everyone's journey will be a little different, but I'll tell you mine. First, it was outright denial, then anger at the concept that self-sabotage is actually a protection mechanism. It took me several months to really work through these emotions constructively. So if you find yourself rejecting this concept, then I can entirely understand where you are. 
I'll also tell you it will be well worth the effort to work through this stage because being able to constructively and intelligently address self-sabotage is gold. So after the anger phase, when I started to really understand things, my first attempts to actively work with sabotage situations became about deflection. Take a look at the episode on working with emotional discoveries to learn more about dealing with deflections effectively. Just understand that humans are masters of not seeing what we don't want to. And while I've yet to meet someone devoid of this characteristic, there are some among us who are more gifted at it than others. Just keep going on your emotional journey and move through deflections by continuing to ask deeper and more specific what questions until you reach the core reasons. This is a skill, and only by continued application does it get easier and faster. The meat of it. It took me about six months of processing and practicing through all the denial, then anger, then deflections, before I started to get real answers. Maybe you're faster, maybe you're slower. Everyone goes through things on their own time, and whatever your timeline is, that's the perfect one for you. While you start on this journey, I'll go ahead and share some of the most common core reasons for my own seeming self-sabotage. You can use these as a guide, but I doubt this is an exhaustive list. If you find reasons I don't list, please share them with me. I'll add them so that others can also benefit. So here's the question again, and a variant. What am I trying to protect by preventing this sought-after goal from happening? Another example would be, if the goal had succeeded, what would not have happened that should have? Number one, if the goal had succeeded, an identity would be compromised. This is a huge reason and is actually one of the main contributors to identity being our biggest liability. It's very rare that the response actually says this. You'd have to be pretty self-aware before you can actually say an identity would be compromised. Note that if any of the five things I'm about to go over next are within your answer, then it's typically an identity situation. So these are the five that I've found. Number one, a punishment. If the goal had succeeded, I would not have been punished like I believe I should have. The subconscious does not seek to punish. This is a deflection concept. Why is it a deflection concept? Punishment is what is required when an identity is violated. Number two, guilt which is also related to punishment, and again, it's a deflective concept. Dig through the guilt, and I found that it's usually a result of identity violation. Yeah, I, I'm guilty because I was a, a bad daughter, and therefore I didn't deserve to have this good thing happen that I was striving for. That's, that's a guilt situation, and the identity being violated in this example would be a good daughter. So think through your guilt and look at it from that perspective of, what are you feeling guilty for and what is the identity that is being betrayed that causes the guilt or is, is someone else is telling you to feel guilty for this either way. Number three, the result is undeserved or not earned. Again, this is related to punishment and again, it's a deflection. If it's not earned, then that means the identity that you're striving for has not been lived up to or if it's undeserved, that again, you're striving for an identity that you don't truly embrace. Number four is unworthy. This includes all those not smart enough, not talented enough, etc., etc. This one so far has been a direct identity issue. Remember the test for I am? 
I am not smart enough to get that goal. That's an identity statement, and the subconscious will help enforce it. The fifth one is, it's just not me. Now, this is the clearest and most concise response I've ever gotten, which is clearly an identity one. An example would be, I didn't work hard enough to get the jobs that I was going after, even though I thought I wanted them, because I knew deep down that those jobs just weren't me. It'll probably take you a while to be able to get to stating your your what response that clearly, but you can definitely get there with practice. What's really fascinating about how the core self works to protect identity and our ideas of who we are and what we can do is that well-being is completely absent from this equation. It's not even about survival. Identity will overrule survival and well-being when and where necessary. That's how important it is and why it's both a massive asset and a tremendous liability. Alrighty, so moving on. Number two, if the goal had succeeded, change would result. The adage which applies most is the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. As a species, we don't like change because it brings the unknown. From a subconscious point of view, think, I know I can survive this because I have so far, but I don't know if I can survive what comes next. Fear, or at least suspicion of change, is a survival mechanism. A subset of this would be, if the goal had succeeded, I'd have to face the situation I'm desperately avoiding. If you have the emotional chops to actually admit this to yourself, huzzah. It's typically a deflection for or variant of change would result, but it's common enough that I figured I'd call it out. It's self-sabotage through avoidance. This is actually a main underlier for my own minor addictions as well as most of my depressive episodes. Now that I know this about myself, I can typically catch it before too much damage is done. Number three, if the goal had succeeded, that would require more effort than I'm willing to put in. Another way this could have been stated is that the goal really wasn't that important to me. Anytime the effort required to make something happen just doesn't seem worth it, it's because the goal isn't that important. Not really. So far, all of my self-sabotage is actually a means of protecting myself in one of those three big ways called out here, with number one, protecting identity in some form or other, being the most common. This led me to realize that self-sabotage isn't. What it is, is a big red flag that I have a major disconnect between what I consciously think I want and the emotional truths that underlie my actions. Recognizing that the emotional truths will win means that I have to figure out what they are through diligent questioning, being open to the answers, a willingness to work with those answers, and the ability to figure out how to make an ally of my emotional landscape in order to gain what I'm trying to consciously gain. In cases of self-sabotage, this can mean working to alter or modify an identity enough to include the new goal, or recognizing and actively owning whether the required change and the effort needed will be things I'm actually willing to live with. This then leads me to the next episode coming up, shooting on myself. I hope you're subscribed to the podcast or to the email list so that way you can be notified when that one comes out. Until then, practice looking at your own examples of self-sabotage and keep in mind that every one of them was actually an attempt to protect yourself in some way. 
The challenge is finding out exactly what was being protected and what was the goal for protecting that. Good luck. I know you got this. TLDR. Self-sabotage is a self-defense mechanism protecting us from something. Recognizing the emotional realities underlying the various instances provides guidance on how to reconcile the emotional core with the conscious wants. I hope you found value in today's episode. You could really help me out by liking and subscribing. The more likes and subscribes it gets, the more the inspiration of stepping up to your potential spreads. This podcast is available through iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and many other platforms. I also post a copy on YouTube, and each episode is transcribed and available in print format on my website at steppinguptoyourpotential.com. Until next time, always remember to keep stepping up. You got this.